Holy shit. Yeehaw. This is Drew here with my little sister, Ashley, and best friend, Derek. And you're listening to New Release, a movie podcast with a time-traveling twist. Ashley, ah. <laughs> did I get you? <laughs> when are we now? When are we now? It's late August in the summer of 1990. Back-to-school shoppers have taken over the mall. Guitarist Stevie Ray Vaughan is about to die in a tragic helicopter crash, Jesus. which he predicted. Weird. Yep. And meanwhile, the co-creator of Twin Peaks, Mr. David Lynch himself, has a wild new movie out starring Nicolas Cage and Laura Dern. Wild at heart. Now showing at a theater near you. I've heard enough. Let's go. All right. I'd go the far end of the world for you, baby. Rocking good news. <laughs> Mom, I can't stand it. I'm gonna harm me a hitman. I'll be getting carried away. But Sailor and Luna can't help it. Baby, you got me hotter in Georgia asphalt. Usually calls it spectacular and funny. <laughs> you really are dangerously cute, baby. From the director of Twin Peaks, David Lynch's Wild at Heart. This summer's wildest love story. Rated R. Starts Friday, August 17th at theaters nationwide. Okay. So we did Lynch earlier this year with the season premiere of Twin Peaks. We watched the first two episodes of that. So this is not going to be a full Lynch-centric episode. We have not done a Nick Cage movie yet up to this point. So we're going to put the attention on Nick a lot, I'm sure. Obviously, we are going to talk about this movie. Ashley, this was your first time seeing Wild at Heart, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so no backstory with this movie, but what about with Mr. Nicholas? Um, I just remember watching him in Gone in 60 Seconds. A little bit of face-off, but it was too scary, so I don't think I finished it as a kid. And I've never seen National Treasure, so I can't even say that is in my honor belt. I was thinking, though, this movie actually made me like Nick Cage. Just uh, well, well, hold on. So you mean you weren't necessarily a fan before this? No. Yeah, you were <laughs> a- actively not a fan. Yes. You were like annoyed by kind of his antics or just his like face, just didn't voice. get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's interesting. Um, unfortunately, we don't have James joining us on the podcast this week to uh-huh. defend his honor. I'll do my best, and I'm sure Derek will as well. Um, because we are big fans, so big, in fact, that we attended uh we went back to the present day to attend a Nick Cage costume party over the weekend i went as hyde from raising arizona and derek went as untitled man with dog is that correct <laughs> nick cage has had a dog in his life so yes i went as yeah. nick cage who has a dog nick cage plus dog um so that was a lot of fun um party hosted by jamie and her roommate meg for their seventh uh roommate anniversary i believe and yeah, we had a lot of fun with that. As far as my backstory with this movie, um, irrespective of my love of Lynch, I had not seen this movie until I was kind of catching up with all of his films. And this isn't even one of my favorite Lynch films. It's definitely one of my favorite Nick Cage films because he's just all over the map. Yeah. Um, I love Raising Arizona. I love Adaptation. I love... Um, kind of like some of the more recent psychopath Nick Cage roles like Mandy and and um, uh, he's not a psychopath in color out of space, but it has a similar surreal trippy vibe to it. 
so I'm, I'd say I'm definitely a fan. I wasn't like a super fan, um, like, like Jamie and Meg necessarily, but I've always appreciated his work, but never felt like I needed to watch all the weird random shit that he does. (laughs) So Derek, what about you? Yeah. So I was obviously at that Nick Cage party, as Drew mentioned, but, uh, my first, the, the first introduction to Nick Cage that I can remember was from raising Arizona. And it kind of ties into this film because there is like a pantyhose stick up scene <laughs> in, in that film as well as the one that we just watched Wild at Heart. So, yeah, True. and yeah. I'm from Arizona. So that, that one's kind of stuck out to me. Yeah. And they're in the similar era of Cage's career. Mm. So that was like late 80s. This is is 1990. But, you know, filmed filmed within a few years of one another. He looks similar. He doesn't have um, the mustache that I'm rocking and um the sideburns that he has in raising arizona in this but he still has uh a decent head of hair you know it's like a it's like a six or a seven whereas in raising arizona it was still at like a seven or eight fading fading fast we don't need to dwell on that um actually let's jump right into the action itself okay the movie um opens you know once you get past the like the credit sequence, which I always love, um, kind of a throwback to older movies when they would have an opening with just kind of ambient visuals, in this case, fire, um, while they got through the credits. But as soon as those are over, it hits the ground running with some extreme violence. What did you think of the opening of this film? Um, unexpected. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, I was just like, oh, okay, they're going to get in a fight, whatever. Guys, Okay. Yeah, go for it. So they're at like this, almost like the theater and they're all, they look like they're at some fancy place. Um, maybe like an opera house or something. I don't know. And this guy approaches Nick Cage and starts like threatening him, takes out like a little switchblade. And you're like, oh, that's like a tiny switchblade. And then Nick Cage beats the shit out of him until, and then he bangs his head on the ground and his brains come out. I was like, mm-hmm. yep. What? And then yeah. he went to jail. But I was just like, this is the opening. I was like, what's going to happen next? <laughs> It was self-defense, but, but like maybe extreme. clearly got some rage issues. Yeah. 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 Huh. Um, and then yeah. They to, and they went to, and then he got out of jail and they went to go dancing and he sang to her. It was just a very like really intense first, like 15 minutes of the movie all over the place. That's yeah. lynch for you right there. Yeah. He definitely establishes that you, you know, you should be prepared buckled up for anything that that might come when Mm -hmm. yeah like uh in the first scene they also kind of loosely set up that um laura dern's mom is instigating this attack on nick cage so i mean the whole movie is about her mom trying to keep her uh, lula is laura dern's character and sailor is nick cage's character and the mom, it does not want them. Marietta does not want them to be together. And, and that's actually Laura Dern's mom. Yeah. Oh, yeah, really? I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Cool. Yep. Yeah. I forgot about that until I was reading about the movie. So, yeah, that is fun. Her Diane Ladd's performance is completely bonkers. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, like the, the confluence of, Lynch's way of of um, directing actors to kind of get these these heightened melodramatic performances 
sometimes is complimented by the people here. And sometimes I feel like it's they're they're kind of working against each other. Nick Cage mm -hmm. is not a submissive actor. Um, he's not going to like lose himself in the role. I mean, even if he was willing and, and, and kind of like respecting Lynch's talent and direction, he's still playing Elvis slash himself <laughs> yeah. in, in this. Um, he did do a couple of Elvis kicks. Yeah. 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 I mean, he sings Elvis. Sure. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It goes. It goes. I didn't even um, put that together. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> it goes from the the fight. And then we flash forward, you know, seven years, however long he's been in jail. It's 22 months and yep. 17 days. Oh, right. It's only, it was only, only two it was years. less than two years. Yeah. 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 So, so some ridiculous number that Lynch is just like, yeah, 22 months, 18 yeah. days, 22 days. Three yeah. minutes. He, he got charged with they they make a joke in the movie. He's like, you're on the road with a uh, high massage uh, with a murderer. murderer and she's yeah. like, actually, it was manslaughter. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a manslaughterer, not a murderer. Yeah. That's why he was out. In a mere 22 months, um, Lula picks him up at the jail. They go to a hotel room. Fuck. And fuck. Yeah. yeah. And fuck. And fuck a some lot. more. And then they go to a um, nightclub and dance like maniacs. And he serenades her. So you have your violence, your sex, and your rock and roll. I looked at the <laughs> at the my the wristwatch I was wearing. And this was like eight and a half minutes into the movie. Um, so much going on. And that was very efficient. Yeah. And that's Nick Cage really singing. By the way. Yeah, he's singing a couple of songs. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. On the soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. So he they they make a, their grand entrance and then they just hit the road together. I mean, the whole movie hinges on this dynamic between Sailor and Lula and their chemistry. Derek, uh, before we talk about that, can you play a clip for us? Oh yeah. <laughs> Wow. Baby, I got a surprise for you. Well, hey, my snakeskin jacket. Thanks, That's the same baby. one Derek's wearing. Did I ever tell you that this here jacket represents a symbol of my individuality and my belief in personal freedom? About 50,000 times. I got us a room at the Cape Fear. And guess what? Power Man's playing at the Hurricane. Stabbing and steer. <laughs> Yes. Awesome. Stab it and steer. <laughs> yeah, stab it and steer. She's got a cigarette in her hand. Yeah. She's just looking super fly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she right looks great in this movie. He looks insane, but insanely <laughs> great. The difference between Nick Cage in the snakeskin jacket and whatever knockoff version of it Derek is wearing. Yeah. It's not uh, a huge animals. difference. Yeah. I think it looks fine. I was told it looked identical. It's just a little <laughs> too big, but... You know. Don't it's you okay. think it's ironic though that it was a symbol of his individuality, and, and you're and wearing I the same it. one? And you copied yeah. it. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Um, this is a symbol it. of my individuality. Yeah, <laughs> we can all be individual appreciators of Together. the of the snakeskin. Um, it was oh, actually boy. his snakeskin jacket, Nick, Nick Cage's. He's like, I want to wear this. And David Lynch is like, okay. And then yeah. after they're and then after they are done filming, he gave it to Laura Dern as a present. Aww. Oh. Yeah. So that's um, the weirdness of Nick Cage. Like, mm -hmm. I wonder he's he had to have been odd to work with at this time to be like, I'm going to bring this in and like, let's put this line in. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I feel like David Lynch is probably very 
I don't know. I think he's open, open. to collaboration, yeah. Yeah. but he's very particular about like the mood and tone he's trying to set. And mm-hmm. it's at points he works with the same actors over and over. And I'm not saying they had any animosity, but he never worked with Nick Cage again. Um, so, I mean, it so might just maybe. been like a creative clash, not like a personality mm-hmm. clash. Yeah. Um, I mean, Nick Cage did National Treasure, so. Sure. Like 15 years later. Yeah, sure. But he was <laughs> yeah. on a trajectory that was way different than creative Lynch style. For sure. For sure. Um, so there's. The whole movie is following them on this. It's a road movie as they as they leave town and go to New Orleans. Ashley, I mean, were you on board with their did you believe their relationship and chemistry? Yeah, I really liked it as much as I don't as much as Nick Cage makes me kind of uncomfortable. I actually really like them together. (laughs) Surprisingly, even though they had like so many sex scenes and usually I'm like, ugh, awkward. And it's still kind of weird because Nick Cage is just the to look at but um i believe their chemistry they're just yeah. really sweet to each other and he really cared about her and would do anything for her and same for him so yeah they were just like two wild childs mm-hmm. who just did whatever the hell they wanted and at first i cool. thought it was going to be a story of like toxicity between them like they get together and like everything's terrible but i mean he did end up in jail a couple of times but he was just protecting and trying to like look out for their potential new family they were definitely both from broken homes, damaged mm-hmm. homes. I mean, the Laura Dern's mom kills her dad, and the big yeah. the big secret that is kind of like in a rom in rom com fashion. You know, one character is holding this secret that you know the other person is going to find out, and it's going to cause a conflict. I actually thought it happened pretty organically mm-hmm. in this. It yeah, didn't that was seem forced. Like he was working for um, Santos, who's like this this kind of crime boss. And he, Nick Cage was at the house or was the driver or something when Santos burned down the house with Laura or burned down, basically burned Laura Dern's, Dern's dad, dad yeah. alive <laughs> um, on the commands of her mom. Mm-hmm. So I guess Sailor knew he didn't know. Did he know it was her dad all along? I don't. Or did he kind of, I, I think it was only after the, her mom confronted him. That's what I thought too in the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. Even them talking about <clears throat> that incident happening, it didn't make like a like a crazy like ruffle in their relationship, which is nice. Because no. it's a huge like roller coaster. They just like talked about it and they're like, oh, you knew? It's interesting. It yeah. like it lingers with her in a very believable way. Like she's yeah. she's like, I hope, you know, then they they start having these other weird things happen and like the it goes from a perfect idyllic fairy tale relationship to like having this dark cloud over it and it's not she's not like mad or unwilling to forgive him but mm-hmm. it's still as permanently she keeps saying things like uh i hope this doesn't change you know i hope this doesn't spoil our relationship i hope this yeah. doesn't make everything rotten um and she's right i mean like in the sense that it might just have psychologically fucked with her too much to where she can't come back from it in addition to these external factors like her mom hiring yeah. killers and the killers <laughs> tracking down you know mr reindeer and all these other characters and, and that are going to collide well um, and her dad's business partner that raped her yeah yeah there's a lot of yeah so she you know that was kind of what i was getting at originally like 
he, they are they are very good for each other, but they're also both very damaged people with a lot of baggage, mm-hmm. and they they aren't exploiting it or anything, but in the wrong hands or like if Nick Cage had any bad intentions, he would be able to manipulate her to do what he wanted because of some of her vulnerability um but it seems pure like their 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 love seems pure to me yeah Um, what do you think i mean like what's what's up with her mom (laughs) (laughs) fucking fat shit i think she has like multiple personality disorder or she's super bipolar i don't know because some scenes i was like oh like she's kind of normal and then i was like oh no like she she's like went, covering her face in the lipstick. Yeah, she went like down the rabbit hole. And I was like, oh, she came back. And then when she was a witch. Oh, we might get to this later, but she's yeah. a fucking witch. She is like, yeah, the witch from there's all these Wizard of Oz um, parallels or mm-hmm. direct references in that case. And, and yeah, you see her like flying through the sky is the wicked witch. Cackling. Um, using yeah, a magic can, crystal ball. But I, I didn't take that literally. No, no, no that's something because yeah, so <laughs> that can only come out of though. fucking Lynch's brain. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't hate it. I was like, oh, that's yeah. that's and they and then she like put her red shoes together to do no place like home. There's a lot of like Wizard of Oz references, which I thought yeah, was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, supposedly it's one of his favorite movies. I I did a little bit of research and I didn't find much more to it other than that. People have like pointed out all the how each character parallels one of the you know one of Dorothy's friends uh mm-hmm. and then you know the road trip movie itself is like the trip down the yellow brick road yeah um, yeah yeah speaking i had to pull out my notes speaking of weird things that could only come out of lynch's brain oh, no. um there's actually do you want to explain jingle dale <laughs> no you can do it <laughs> no i don't <laughs> um oh, man red hot performance by crispin glover uh that exists for a character that exists only in like i think they're telling each other stories in the hotel room and laura dern's talking Mm -hmm. about like a disturbed cousin of hers who was obsessed with christmas (laughs) and he had clear mental i mean worse mental issues than than her mother even he would go he would just make sandwiches all night and then somehow that progressed into putting roaches in his underpants in his on his butthole. Yeah, and until one day they found one directly on his anus. She but points this out is this is a person that loved Christmas so much that would celebrate it every day, right? Yes. yes. And then and then Laura Dern's mom explained to this person when they were at a young age that Christmas wasn't for like six more months. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just started screaming and yelling and crying. So it was, was the point of him just to show that she's more like there's mental illness in her family maybe yeah that makes sense yeah yeah there were some there were some diversions in this movie that are mostly welcome there's that one and then there's the one with um the car crash oh yeah that Mm -hmm. was very haunting um are you comfortable explaining that one ashley yeah there's a car crash yeah (laughs) um so sailor and luna or luna lula lula Lula. Lula. i want to say luna because like luna moon Sailor Moon and whatever. Anyway, oh, yeah. um, so they're driving. Uh, I think they're leaving New Orleans at this point. I don't really remember, but they're driving. They see this like act, this car veered off the road, and then there's just like a guy that's like dead in the car, and then there's this girl like covered in blood, but she's like really frantic and doesn't realize that she's been injured. Yeah, it's looking really for hard. her hairpin. 
yeah it's really her hard hair to watch. brush she's like yeah it's, and she's like it's audrey from twin peaks too oh, oh yeah and she's like and she's like feeling on her scalp and she's like oh it's just like so like Stick, something sticky, sticky or gooey yeah. and it's just yeah. like blood in her hair and you can hear like the sound when she like touches her scalp and then they and then they watch her die and like bleed out they're gonna yeah. take her to the hospital and then like, she just dies but it was just pretty just i read that random david lynch me told the actress to like act like kind of like a broken doll oh wow <laughs> so that's why she's kind of like walking around all like interestingly and doesn't really realize like what happened but she's it's just very yeah it's really it's, bizarre it, i'd almost say it's like harder it, to watch than like the opening scene when the guy when nicholas Cage oh, beats him up absolutely yeah. i mean what what was the point of having that part of the film i mean not that it wasn't visually and interesting and adding kind of to a little bit about nick cage having like a heart and wanting to save mm -hmm. this person while he's being chased down by police and shit i think it made but, their relationship stronger because they witnessed something like so ridiculous well, together too it could have i mean it, it definitely i was i was gonna say what derek said that mm -hmm. they they do the right thing they try to do the yeah, right yeah. thing they they don't ignore it and then unfortunately for them you know it's another it's another in laura dern's mind like she's throughout the movie she makes these comments and and he's like one thing i didn't miss about you was your brain yeah <laughs> <laughs> but she's... she meant in a sweet way but just be, he's like I, don't, I i i love you i love i love your body and uh your brain though <laughs> but you confuse me um yeah well i think so she is pretty manic little... she says like these yeah. philosophical things and he's just like kind of more living in the in the moment mm -hmm. and so she takes that car crash as a bad omen and oh, you know, yeah. isn't going to be able to leave it behind. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and was and it so they're kind of like doomed from then on, unfortunately. And was it before the car crash when they were driving and the radio just had nothing but just bad news on it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Murder, murder, murder. How yeah, I think it was rape. that yeah. same that same leg trip. of the trip. But mm -hmm. before that was during daytime and then he takes over. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he's like switching the channels and there's just more fucked up shit on it. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, and then they find the heavy metal. He flips out of oh, the car yeah. and then they do karate on the side of the road. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's, yeah. that was I definitely. love that scene. Yeah. Same here. She's kicking up dust. Yeah. Yeah, He's just cool. like punching air. They, it's like just like a, like a little music video. That is yeah. where yeah. their their relationship, like you could totally just see the mm -hmm. uh, the chemistry between the two. Yeah. Yep. The, sparks. Char the two characters. Yeah. So they... After that, after that car crash, they end up in what's the name of that town in Texas? Shithole, Texas. I don't know. Some small town. Um, they're kind of like um, gonna stop for a couple days uh, at this this trailer park, or he knows someone there. He's trying to find out. Um, actually, it's Isabella Rossellini from mm -hmm. from Blue Velvet. He's trying to find out if there's a hit out on his his head. Um, but she is connected to the bad guys. So she lies. I think, I think she does know, and she just lies to him. Um, all yeah, this is to does. say leading up to some of the most disturbing scenes in the movie, which involve Willem Dafoe. Ugh. Oh, it's Ooh. called Big, Big Tuna, Texas. Big Tuna. Big yeah, I knew tuna. it had a distinctive name. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, she's at this point, she is, um, sick. She's like just laying in bed in the hotel. I mean, like you don't know if it's an emo if, if she's an emotional stress or physical distress, um, but she's she's vomited on the floor when he gets back and hasn't cleaned it up. Things are good. Things are going sour, literally. Um, yeah. And that's before we meet Bobby Peru. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, oh. Man, 
Yeah. So what did you think of, of Defoe's performance, Ashley? I mean, he was, he's a really good actor, so he was <laughs> yeah. creepy as fuck. Um, yeah. it was just really hard to watch that. Part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what about the hotel scene? I mean, we, there's, there's not a physical, uh, assault or rape, but no, I was there reading. Was, there, was there, was physical physical like, assault. Like, there was like physical assault. He was touching her boobies and yeah. like, yeah. I'm not trying to diminish it. I just, I read an article that was calling it like, um, uh, psychological rape. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it was, I, I'm not, I'm not avoiding the, the, the rape Actual word. Um, yeah. He, but, but the way it's, the way it's done is he like sneaks his way, like, you know, knocks Nick, on the Nick door, Cage, catches Nick, her off guard. Yeah. Nick Cage is out, uh, changing the oil in their car and then, yeah, go yeah. ahead. Drew, sorry. Yeah, no, he knows she's there alone. He might've already seen Nick Cage out um on the when his way in so he knocks on her door asks to use the bathroom and then won't leave and then things escalate in such a weird and disturbing way where he's just like getting closer and closer to her clearly you know can outpower her so she can't really defend herself um and he's just whispering you know say fuck me say fuck me say fuck me and then i'll leave yeah, and then he'll leave, and finally, like, you know, this it, it it's it for all like I don't want to psychoanalyze her. It's it's mm-hmm. it's just such a disturbing scene, kind of the 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 pro- progression of how she's reacting to it and how she's you know well, how he's everything I said earlier about Nick Cage not manipulating the psychological you know yeah. um, mm-hmm. baggage that she has. He is playing it up as much as he can to get her, you know, to let her guard down. And then when she does, uh, he leaves, which I guess is fortunate. She does finally say, fuck me. And then he's like, Oh, well not this time around. I'm going to, I'm on my way out of town. Yeah. Yeah. And this is all knowing that, or I guess Defoe's character, what's his name? Bobby Bobby Peru. Bobby Peru country doesn't know that she's been raped before so that's what made I this mean, extra fucked up well i mean it's just yeah she's just, i mean she's already damaged and mm-hmm. he's like you said drew well i mean if he had known he would have he would have done probably. the same thing either way oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But just from her perspective mm-hmm. i was yeah. just like oh fuck he does well, know he does sniff out that she's pregnant yeah um because of you know i mean i don't know how he uh, if we're supposed to believe that that would be the first conclusion that someone comes to but he knows he knows that um so he uses that information to manipulate her and manipulate cage yeah um so right after that happens and he leaves the hotel room and she's just uh, a wreck and, and crying he goes and you know up to this point nick cage and her were probably weirded out by him but they had no reason to yeah outright fear him um, so him and Nick Cage go have some beers and and come up with a, a plot. <laughs> Genius plot. Yeah. The basically, on, yeah. I'll just say on a very on a lighter note about Willem Dafoe, he really peed in that scene in the toilet. He thought he really had to go. And so he urinated and then he realized it was like a prop toilet and then someone had to clean it out. What was his line? He says something about how, how heavy a stream is gonna be. Uh he's uh, he also says like piss on your head or something. Like he's like, I'm not going to piss on your head. Yeah, but, that's what he yeah. says. But he said, yeah, he's like, stream. listen to this. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a heavy stream. Yeah, um, I wish I could. Well, I don't wish, but yeah, I wish I could do his his <laughs> his voice. Yeah. 
yeah so how does the movie wrap up there's a few key things to hit um the 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 heist and then you know the final scene so how did you like the the heist scene um it was fine i don't know it just i just feel bad for nick cage he's always putting himself in these situations i feel like and then yeah i mean he basically so he goes to rob i don't know if it was like a bank i don't know what that place was It was a feed store or something okay like, yeah. yeah so they had like probably like two grand on them or whatever that's what by Prue said and so he goes with them and this other girl that nick cage knew or that sailor already knew and so they show up and they're like okay we're gonna rob them and then willem dafoe ends up giving sailor like a blank like a fake gun yeah and then he turns on him and then sailor's like running out and willem dafoe or by Prue gets shot by the police multiple times and then he just shoots himself a shotgun and blows his head off which i thought was awesome yeah well, he, yeah he falls to his knees and accidentally shoots his head yeah off. and just shoots and his head off and then sailor's like what does graphic. he say he's like uh he had like some empathy towards bobby even though he's been fucked yeah. up he was just like oh fuck that was fucked up or something. yeah he yeah. was just like <laughs> he was like poor guy yeah yeah and then the head goes flying in the air and then explodes somehow like yeah it's, like it's, hits the wall it's not realistic in a classic like violent lynch way that's that's unnatural mm-hmm. but awesome reminded yeah. me of uh tarantino style so yeah. especially mm-hmm. that kill in the beginning but don't want to yeah. get us off track yeah yeah and then he ends up going to prison again yep for a much longer time and lula six has years their, six years and lula has their kid then he gets out of jail and she picks him up with the kid and then he basically is like i don't want anything to do with you blah blah blah, blah. yeah that was a little contrived yeah what was his reasoning there if you if you don't feel that it's right then you i forget I think he just felt like he had missed too much and been gone too long and didn't want to like try to all of a sudden and it, it was, was very weird. it was very con air he brought like yeah. a, a stuffed animal um <laughs> but but he doesn't quite have the same heart of gold in, in this movie he's got a few more demons uh it does start off by you know him murdering somebody and going to jail for it though so interesting yeah, parallels um he i don't know yeah i didn't really understand his logic other than it was just overwhelming like you know she it was contrasted with when he when she showed up the first time to pick him up and mm-hmm. it was just her and then they could go on an mm-hmm. adventure and pick up yeah. right where they left off here more time had passed she's got a kid he's the father but he's never he hasn't been there for the fought for the kid mm-hmm. and the kid's okay and he's just like i'm just gonna screw this up it's but it just yeah. happened so quickly that we don't really you know uh believe that reaction right well then uh, then he gets knocked out by this, and like, he gets gang. jumped immediately. He gets jumped immediately for calling them a name. He gets knocked out, and then the good witch appears and is like, "You guys love each other. You should go back to her. Glitter, rainbows." And then he goes back and jumps all these cars to get back to her, and then they end up together. <laughs> jumps all yeah. these cars. Yeah, is that a dream? I love. I hope that or... our listeners have watched it and know exactly what you're talking about. And that bad word. Luckily, when he comes to, he does apologize it, for saying yeah. it. Yeah. So that was a cool, cool part mm-hmm. too. But he does jump on a bunch of cars. Yeah, it's like lava. It's like that just traffic like scene in La La Land. <laughs> and everyone's like, what the fuck, man? Why are you in my car? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get back to his girl. Um, yeah. So did you did you read that as uh, reality or kind of like post-death dream sequence? Post-death I mean, it's, dream sequence. Really? Because it's it's played pretty straight. 
I mean, like in the in the language of the film, it seems like it's the same as the rest of the film. But you could certainly read it as you know he's he's de- still dead on the pavement. And this, yeah, is- oh, I, I thought so. That- I was. Oh no no no! I take what I just said back. I was okay. thinking of like the. I think when he saw the good witch, he was like on the cusp, and okay. then he like came to, and then it was real. Right. She didn't resuscitate him with yeah, magic, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he did come back to life and they do live happily ever mm-hmm. after, at least up to the <laughs> up to the end of this movie. Yep. Yeah. It was a happy ending, unambiguous for the most part, aside from, you know, if you want to believe it as reality or not, but like mm-hmm. unambiguously happy. Um, kind of like the I just had a flash to true romance, the way they kind of he yep. almost dies and then they meet up on the beach and they've got the kid and that feels more like a dream sequence mm-hmm. um because they're in a whole new like location and fantastical place but I, that's meant to read literally as well i believe so, i thought true romance a lot when i watched this movie yeah similar energy in a, in a way this is one of lynch's most straightforward movies weirdly um plot wise it's yeah. aside from like when random people are calling other random people on the phone and you don't really yeah. know where the, the phone tree ends when who's responsible for what uh, villainry. Mm-hmm. But plot wise, it's just their romance and they're being tracked by a bunch of evil people. So, I mean, yeah. there's not that you don't have to work that hard to piece the pieces together here versus like Mulholland Drive or something mm-hmm. or Lost Highway for that matter. And um, really quickly, yeah. you know, my favorite character in this movie um henry dean harry dean stan yeah, yeah. he's the best johnny yeah he didn't johnny feel like his patheticness was too much no i just really <laughs> felt for him and when he was like crying at the table i don't know i just like yeah. felt really bad for him and i he's a really good actor he is good he was, yeah. what was he in that we watched before the car the glowing car movie right oh yeah repo man man yeah mm-hmm. yeah he's great he's, yeah. i just thought he was i just thought his acting was really good yeah, I think this was his first um, time working with Lynch, but then he'd be pretty much everything else uh, from here on out. Mm-hmm. So they had a very um, fulfilling creative partnership, and this was the start of something beautiful. <laughs> Anything else? Um, we're going to come back at the end, of course, and give our recommendation, yay or nay. But anything else you want to talk about before we go to Poetry Corner? Nope. All right. Derek, take us to the shop. Welcome, Ashley, to the stage. All right. Oh, here's my poem about the movie. Poetry Corner. David Lynch is at it again with another wacky story involving a few loose cannons. You're in for a crazy wide with, with Wild at Heart, a story of lovers, Sailor and Lula, who can't stay apart. Opening up with manslaughter, not a murder, to be clear. Sailor's put in jail for almost two years. He's released and back in Lula's arms, but Lula's mother, Marietta, has another plan in mind to cause motherfucking harm. She hires a mobster hitman to track down Lula and Sailor and disrupt their life. He, oh, sorry. But Sailor is off singing to his babe, staying at CD motels and wanting to make Lula his wife. He meets up with Bobby Peru, played by Willem Dafoe, who's the ultimate creep. But Peru accidentally blows his head off with a shotgun, putting him into a permanent sleep. (laughs) So Sailor is set up and in the wrong place at the wrong time again. And there he goes off to the pen. He's released years later and reconnects with Lula another time. Don't worry. I'm sure I'll get in trouble and end up in jail for a different crime. To be clear, when the movie was coming to a close, I wasn't quite ready for this movie to stop because to quote, to quote Lula, this whole world is, 
this whole world is wild at heart and weird on top. Ta-da. Beautiful. Thank you. I tried to do like an extra good one for you because I know like David Lynch is like your favorite. So. Yeah, no, that was <laughs> that was brilliant. Um, Thank you. Incredible summary. And her, it's always nice when a character works the the movie title. Shout out into yeah. Yeah. into the dialogue and drink. Yeah, yeah, drink. That's one of that's one of our drinking rules. Yep. <laughs> and so, yeah, that was that was a beautiful moment in the film. A beautiful poetry corner. Thank you. But yeah. now it's time for a quick break from our discussion of Wild at Heart while we see what's playing on new release radio. I did not know I was going to know this song until I got to that point. I know this song. <laughs> well, I yeah, but I didn't remember that. the like hip hop part of it. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> yeah, he does freestyle a little bit, or hip, yeah. he does rap a little bit. Hip style. <laughs> the song you just heard was epic by Faith No More, moving up three spots to number 10 on the Billboard Top 100 for the week of August 24th, 1990. Now it's time for everyone's favorite segment on new release radio. Rank the blank. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> Perfect. Bobby Peru. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> rank the blank is where we pick a topic inspired by the week's movie and rank our personal favorites. This week's topic: favorite flavor of cage. Oh. <laughs> the criteria this week, um, which I never explained to y'all, and this week is no exception, was less <laughs> about a specific performance and more about types of Nick Cage performances. Obviously, use an example of a specific movie but i just figured we would honor the range of performances mm. a lot of people are like you know kind of pigeonholed cage into his crazy late phase of his career but he's had he's had a lot of different types of roles so ashley what are some cage flavors if you will all right we got funny scary serious heroic that shit you name it he's pretty all much all over the board yeah. so yeah. any no, um, like <laughs> any instagram submissions for favorite cage movie yeah a lot actually Ooh, hell yeah um let's see i'll just go through them so we have gone in 60 seconds con air for a couple of votes the rock none of them at all oh that was them. you whoa that wasn't me and then someone else said all of them so okay that okay was, that, was that was jamie Meg. that was yeah, yeah jamie or make <laughs> And then National Treasure, Mandy, Color Out of Space, Pig, and Willy's Wonderland. Mm. So, well, nice. you can ban whoever said National Treasure. Um, <laughs> it wasn't me. I've never seen it. <laughs> Just kidding. I haven't seen it either. And me either. That is like his, obviously, it's probably his biggest commercial hit, but it shows that he can just be like a traditional movie star mm-hmm. as well, apparently. All right. Well, let's get to our submissions of course uh the obligatory wild at heart submission um i'm gonna call that cool cage yeah so elvis cage elvis cool well i guess elvis is cool definitely unhinged as well but unhinged in a justifiable way for the most part and kind of in a weird attractive way even though he's not attractive yeah i I mean you keep saying that but a lot of people would disagree 
So. Uh. <laughs> um, so yeah, cool cage from Modded Heart. Ashley, what is your flavor of cage? I'm gonna go with serious slash like a little horror cage. Okay. Um, because I think he just shows like a wider range of his acting abilities, and I didn't really know who. In my mind, I didn't think he was that great of an actor. And even watching this trailer for Pig, I was like, holy shit, he can act. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I just saw that movie. Um, I made another trip back to 2021 to see that uh, with the super fans we've mentioned earlier. And <laughs> it's really cool. It's set in Portland and oh, okay. it's set in the food scene uh, in the city as well as kind of out in some of the natural surroundings of Portland. Uh, so there's there's a lot going on. Um, and I would say is if you want to find horror Nick Cage, look no further than Mandy. I, yeah, I don't um, want to watch that. I've yeah, that. But, <laughs> it's too scary. I do, I do love him in a good uh, horror genre movie. For me, I'm going to go with neurotic Nick Cage embodied in the mm-hmm. dual performance. I mean, you get two cages for the price of one. <laughs> I've probably mentioned this movie before, but adaptation written by Charlie Kaufman, um, directed by Spike Jones, probably. Um, but just a very vulnerable, I mean, it sounds mm-hmm. silly to say, but Nick Cage, uh, you know, Ashley might not find him attractive, but he is going, leaning hard into being overweight, being bald, being mm-hmm. sweaty, making fun of himself, being a, uh, depressing to watch. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's meant to be like, his name is he's playing the writer of the movie (laughs) in a very meta way. And then he's got this cool alter ego, um, not alter ego, but twin brother, Donald, Mm -hmm. um, who is like dumb, but successful in Hollywood because he just writes conventional stuff. So you get to see both sides of cage in this one performance. And um, it's probably my favorite one overall. And Meryl Streep's in it. Yeah. It's a really good movie. Meryl Streep is wild in it. Yeah. At heart. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, good one. Uh, so I am choosing, you already mentioned it, Drew, but I am choosing Mandy. Oh, yeah. So he's scary, serious, batshit. You name it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's essentially, is it his wife or his girlfriend who gets murdered by um, this like cult? They're, yeah, very like, established couple but I, I don't know if they're married or not yeah so she somehow gets tangled up in this cult and gets murdered and he is on a fucking revenge track of revenge yeah and uh over the top acting but that one bathroom scene where he's crying and pouring alcohol all over his uh wounds yep just sold nick cage to me as like a really good fucking actor wow and and he's pouring it into his mouth um, because he's been he's been sober yeah. for like yep. however long, you know, Damn. leading up to this point yeah, where everything's, alcoholic. everything's yeah. been taken away from him. He also there's also some wild heart overlap with like how idyllic and perfect their relationship is at the start of the movie. Um, and then it, devi- it would be like as if the Lula character got killed halfway through wild at heart. And then, you know, okay. I it, you would expect his character in Wild at Heart to have a similar reaction, frankly. Oh, yeah. Even though he's, you know, I mean, based well, you based on the opening scene of Wild at Heart, he would yeah. he would not take that that <laughs> in stride if if Bobby Peru had, you know. Yeah, he would. Have. Yeah. So anyway, that's a great Ooh. choice, Derek. Ashley, um, we usually start with the movie itself. So where do you think Wild at Heart Cage fits in? 
Well, it made me like Nick Cage. So this is really hard, though. It is um, hard. Let's think about the flavor. So yeah, him being a little cooler, a little more restrained. Um, you know, let's say let's call Derek's the most like yeah. Yours is a serious role, even though there are some horror elements, but not mm-hmm. not really. Um, I'd yeah. say that's him being like uh serious and emo. Yeah. Um, mind him being neurotic and 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 kind of and, and manic. And Derek's so, batshit. Yeah, and Derek's is 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 a combination yeah. of sweet and batshit. Okay, sweet shit. Yep. I don't. This is hard. Um, it is hard. I loved him in adaptation. Yeah. So, and he had two I sides totally of him, agree. so it's hard. So I feel like he kind of win because. Yeah, okay. that yeah. was a very good choice. Two cages. Come on. Yeah. In yeah. yeah. Oh, go ahead. Well, and I was going to say, I mean, then I think it comes down to, I don't know. I mean, he's so good in pig in other serious roles, but I, I like, I like Mandy. You get to see both sides of it. And then wild at heart, man, if, if you, if you factor the movie in, it's not really fair. If we're, if we are just talking about the type of performance, which uh, is what adaptation. we're kind of doing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause I don't want to just pick our favorite movies. So I think adaptation is a strong number one, but I don't know yeah, the order. After I that. agree. I agree. I think I would say adaptation, Mandy, then uh, Wild at Heart, then Pig. Yeah. Hmm. This is I, probably our most agonizing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and, and I don't yet. even feel good about that, but that's what <laughs> Yeah. All okay. right. Drew, right, won. Excellent. Let's play my clip. <gasps> Oh. Is that is that a fourteen seconds? <laughs> oh, that's yeah, that's Mandy. Sorry, I had to. Uh, no, but I'm Charlie like Kaufman, that. fat, old, bald, repulsive, sitting in a Hollywood restaurant across from Valerie Thomas, uh, a, a lovely statuesque film executive, Kaufman, uh, trying to get a writing assignment, wanting to impress I'm her. Talking to a tape recorder. Sweats profusely. Fat, bald, Kaufman paces furiously in his bedroom. He speaks into his handheld tape recorder and he says, <laughs> Charlie Kaufman, fat, bald, repulsive, old, sits at a Hollywood restaurant with Valerie Thomas. <laughs> Kaufman, repugnant, ridiculous, jerks off to the book jacket photo of Susan Orlick. <laughs> what do you want? I finished my script. I'm done. That's when his brother Donald comes in. <laughs> so he's like Uh-oh. freaking out you know working endlessly or tirelessly on this book adaptation of a, of you know susan orleans novel and uh his brother is just cranking out like some generic serial killer script and, and does <laughs> it like over the course of a weekend uh, yep. and of course sells it so yeah congrats yeah. true that's a really good choice yeah thank you you did it well that's all for new release, new release radio this week. Oh, but before we, I know, why is our name so hard to say? New release, new, new release radio this week. But before we give our final thoughts on Wadded Heart, let's spend a sensual track sliding <laughs> up to number 32 on this week's Billboard Top yes. 100. A minute more to come, and I'm so proud to be with you. So proud to share you.
Damn. All right. I slid it right into that. That was sensual, huh? (laughs) Actually, that was Johnny Gill with my, my, my. Now, back to Ashley. My, my, my. (laughs) Ashley. um, Yeah. What's the early buzz coming out of the movie theater for Wild at Heart? All right. So here's what some critics had to say. There is no denying the fun to be had with Wild at Heart. It's irresistibly charismatic leads draw you into Lynch's anything goes 50s inflicted nightmare with an ease and insanity that's unlike anything put to film before or after. Hmm. She's pretty. Wow. Pretty okay. Good. That's glowing. Yeah. Um, there's a spontaneous anything can happen feeling to it. That's the primary primary appeal of any road movie. People hmm. liked it. I mean, yeah, I, I, I know it was there was a mixed response and yeah. it's not Lynch's most beloved film Mm-mm. for some of the reasons maybe we discussed earlier. Obviously, I, I love it, but if you're comparing it to the other ones, this one, I don't know. It doesn't quite like emotionally hit me the same way mm-hmm. those do. It's it's like it takes you out of the mood pretty frequently, like with those weird flashbacks. Like I just wanna I just wanna, you know, be be fair. Um, but it does have everything that those reviewers noted in terms of like starting with the guy's brains getting bashed in yeah, and the cockroaches on the anus and you, you know, mm-hmm. lots of things you would never expect or, or come up with yourself. So, right. And the early te- well, and the early test screenings did not go well for the film. Except, except for this award. Yeah. Except for they won the Palm d'Or award at Cannes, 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 whatever you Can- want to call it. Cannes. Which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. And they that's also, the, the top, that's like the top the prize. Award. Yeah. yeah that's rad and they okay. won the 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 winner of the independent spirit award at the spirit awards which is pretty mm-hmm. cool for best cinematography and then they were nominated for academy awards and other stuff so people liked it yeah it's cool uh we haven't um shouted out the score which isn't super present compared because there's like that heavy metal soundtrack and then there's um uh the elvis stuff but it is it is the composer Angelo Badalamonte that did Ooh. Twin Peaks, so there's a little bit of un- those undertones there, um, but probably not enough to garner award recognition or anything like that. So we always forget. I love film scores, and we like never we always forget to talk about them. So yeah, we'll we'll add that to the list so we can remember. To yeah, bring it up. Um, so I think I know the answer to this for all, everyone, but would you guys recommend this to someone at, going into the movie theater and be like, hey, don't go see that movie. See you out at heart instead. I think I, came, I think I came up with a, uh, a like our version of a thumbs up, thumbs down. OK. New release or old news. Ooh. <laughs> oh, OK, sure. I don't know. I can't remember. I came we up with it like work, a week we ago. We could workshop to, that a little bit. To write it down. <laughs> but yeah, I want to make it I want to keep it concise. Cool. Um, yeah. So, so three, two. Well, so new release or old news? Yep. Yeah. Three, two, one. New, new release. release. Woo! We did <laughs> it. What a sweet release that was. <laughs> <laughs> so for this David Lynch film, was it charting the box office or no? Not really. Yeah, didn't think um, so. <laughs> this is its second week uh, in release that we're on. So because we had a a log jam last week so it has fallen from its debut Mm. at 10th down to 13th position and um there's a new number one but i think it's the movie we're gonna watch next week because somehow this was off my release radar 
But um, so anyway, mystery movie at number one, Ghost, our old friend at number yeah. two, Flatliners, hanging in there. Mm. Um, and then Exorcist, which we most recently watched, dropped all the way from one to six. So okay. I can, which for the time, everything else has like, you know, Ghost has been holding flat in a good way. Everything mm-hmm. else is like 20, 30%. Flatline or Exorcist dropped 60%, which means it must not have been well. Word uh, of mouth. They're all like, this is terrible. Yeah, bad, bad <laughs> word of mouth. Cause you don't see that's common these days, but you don't see that often um, mm-hmm. in this time period. So that's okay. unfortunate. Even Wild at Heart only dropped 40%. So only, only <laughs> yeah. 40. Uh, so on a scale of one to 90, how 90s is Wild at Heart? Um, including music, wardrobe, actors, 90s tropes, etc. Right mm-hmm. now we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with an 89 out of 90, House Party with an 84, and Pretty Woman with an 82. Yeah, we have some staples. Like yeah. we're, we have some of the, aside from one or two more releases, we have probably some of the, it's going to be hard to dethrone any of these, especially yeah. when you're talking about a Lynch movie, which might, exist in its own time period and usually when <laughs> yeah. it does reference a time period it's like like that review that review said the 50s mm-hmm. and the 60s like diners old cars yeah. elvis music it's he's very influenced by 50s 60s and you know that was popular mm-hmm. in the 80s that kind of nostalgia was 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 big like in back to the future and stuff so very low yeah um nick cage i guess is popping off in the 90s is laura dern mm, nah. i mean i feel like her celebrity status only peaked recently i agree yeah i didn't know jurassic park yeah yeah yeah. But that was like one movie i feel like she was in everything for like a few years like recently yeah yeah, yeah. i mean so. you're right jurassic park and her and nick cage are working steadily through the 90s so i'd say that bumps it up to at least like in lynch as well i mean lynch is after twin peaks came out Mm-hmm. He's a hot commodity. Uh, so 45? Yeah. 52. Sure. Sorry, yeah. For since it's inspired by the 50s. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 52 52. Works. So what do we want to include in our new release gift shop? So far we have some things like um accessories for tarantulas, like camping gear from arachnophobia, <laughs> hot pink visor from side out, this virtual reality like afterlife booth from flatliners and some delicious alcoholic holy water from exorcist mm. three what do we take from this one maybe well, this yeah there's the obvious yeah bobby peru um dentures oh fake teeth yeah we yeah. didn't even talk about how dirty his teeth <laughs> i'm thinking you know those uh those rides at like universal studios where you're in a car mm. but mm-hmm. then you have a screen in front of you mm-hmm and you kind of like for Back to the Future, you fly around. I'm thinking just going down like David Lynch's road. So the okay. iconic shot that he like uses in every movie, like with the with a dash mounted cam looking down at the the yellow lines and Lost mm-hmm. Highway, most you know at night, <laughs> most blatantly. Uh, that would be that's interesting. Just kind of like the just endless road, um, Lost Highway ride. You know, a little you highway. know ahead of its time, but. We can, we can assume. I mean, they they have a lost highway esque scene in this right before they encounter the the car crash, because mm-hmm. most of the other road scenes are during the day, but that that one's at night. Yeah, I like that idea. I was gonna say edible lipstick, but you know, 
Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because the snakeskin jacket is a symbol of Derek's individuality and freedom. Yes. Um, Shouldn't sell it. Then we can only make one. But <laughs> uh, if you ever want to auction that off or you ever get desperate or you get tired of being made fun of by brats at the arcade, uh, uh, then, then you know, it's an option if we get desperate. But But yeah, for now, we'll do... We'll add yet another um, experiential Why not? <laughs> thing to our growing real estate here. What Perfect. is Goro doing? Goro's our janitor still, right? I haven't oh, yeah. seen him in a while. Yeah, he's on he vacation. Was, maybe. Yeah, he took a little vacation to the, what was that? What's it called? The dark world or whatever? I don't even remember. Mortal Kombat? Um, uh, underworld? Yeah. No, not Underworld. Mm. The tournament. Anyway. He's, he's got a turn. He's in a turn. But you a guys, you guys are making keeping tabs on him, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's good. Cool. He's good. All right. Um. So, Drew, what's next week? Yeah. So, as we teased a minute ago, our schedule we're kind of on a one week delay. Um. But I think we should watch something that features a young Liam Neeson, a superhero movie directed by the man who made Evil Dead and would go on to make the original Ooh. Spider-Man trilogy. Okay. Oh. Um, Sam Raimi. Huh. So, yeah, let's hear the clip. Wow. Yeah, I did not know about this. Who is Dark Man? I gotta tell you something about me. He's a cockroach. You think you're killing him? And he pops up someplace else. In the darkest hour, there's a light that shines on every human being. But one, Dark Man, rated R, starts Friday at theaters everywhere. Hmm. Whoa. Huh. Yeah. Okay. So, you all down for that? Yeah, for Hell sure. Yeah. All right. Well, next week we've got Dark Man. If you want to join in the fun, then you should subscribe to the podcast by searching new release on Spotify or Apple or anywhere else. You get those darn podcast joints. Ashley? That's a wrap. Love me tender